0: the Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now here's a belief I have. You may have a little trouble getting your head around. That is, lack of money is never the obstacle. Now listener says she wants to build a hospital But she says she's currently dependent on my family. Does that mean her dream is dead? No, not at all. I mean, everyone started with obstacles and not having money is the easiest one to overcome. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, let's jump into these. we got to take care of business here. A lot of things going on, a lot of volatility. want to tell you about some of the things that are happening in the job place. But also, you know me, there's also so many opportunities. And it's easy to see the obstacles, the closing doors. But oh my goodness, keep looking around that bush. There's a whole lot of new opportunities opening up there. And somebody, at Scott Beebe this morning texted me, said his son was sitting in a college class and they were talking about business development and his teacher was talking about the book, 48 Days to the Work You Love. Asked if I would shoot a little video and shoot them to him so he could send it to his son right then, which I did. Shot a little 48 second video just talking about the opportunities that are out there. If you take personal responsibility for where you are, look inward to really understand yourself, learn about business, learn about the workplace, wow, you can unfold opportunities like you are dreaming of right now. I mean, I really do believe that. You really can create or find the work and life that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. Well, some of the questions here, I got to jump into these before I just quit or keep on philosophizing. Dan, my job is sucking all the creativity I used to have. How can I overcome my insecurity that my technical chops may not be as good as competitors in the same space? And then I'd like to build a hospital, but I don't have any money. All right, now I'm, I'm going to start here. Our quotation today comes from one of our 48 Days members, one of our 48 Days leaders, Alan Thomas. Who said this the other day? I was on a call and he said this, and I jotted it down. He says, There's always a way for those who are committed and always an excuse for those who are not. All right. Now, our resource, I'm going to link you to what Alan's doing. Alan is helping people who are overweight lose weight, get back in the game. And he keeps shooting me stories that are just mind blowing. Now here, here's the link. If you go to transformmyfuture.com slash 48 days, I'll put that in the show notes, but it's just like it sounds transformmyfuture.com slash 48 days. You'll see some information that you also see Alan when he weighed 304 and Alan when he weighs 175, which he's maintained for a long time. He just sent me a video of somebody that he's working with, this gentleman is a pastor, pastor of a Southern Baptist church in Florida. And a pastor decided that he wanted to get in shape. He's was at 260 pounds. So Alan helped him just create a plan for how he's going to do this. Now, again, Alan doesn't work on diet or nutrition or counting calories or carbs or anything. He helps you create the mindset. He says it's not a, di- a diet; it's a decision. Well, this gentleman, pastor of a church, decided he would hold himself accountable by sharing with his congregation and having those people who wanted to to kind of follow him online day by day. He has over two hundred people in his accountability group. I mean, how, how, are, how are you going to stop going toward the goal you said you were going to attain when you have two hundred people in your congregation who are following you day by day? So he went from two hundred and sixty. To 170. That was his target weight. And you know, Alan asked him along the way, what would be on your bucket list? I mean, what's something that you really wouldn't love to do? And this pastor said, I'd love to jump out of an airplane, you know, with a parachute, a good airplane. They did that. And I've got the video, he sent me the video of what happened. It is outrageously just exhilarating to watch. I mean, I found myself holding my breath. The the thrill of this guy doing this now here's the deal so he went from 260 to 170 and then he decided you know what this is doable i'm gonna see if i can't hit my high school weight he's now at 158 and if you're calculating that's 102 pounds but what he's done is inspired everybody who knows him i mean his two daughters have come out of their shell and are running for office in their high school People in his church are starting their own businesses, starting new programs in the community, inspired by their pastor. That's what doing something extraordinary does. Now, some of the questions here are going to relate to that because if you're doing something that is really exciting, other people are going to want to be connected with you. Again, this is just, if you're somewhere you don't want to be physically, just go check it out. Just go watch this. I think it's an interview that, alan and i did together that he links you to so he's not selling anything there he's just giving you information and if you're inspired then you can reach out to alan but go to transformmyfuture.com slash 48 days check it out hey it inspired me believe me it inspired me well last week i talked about songs i talked about how bad monday is i went through 10 songs that talked about how bad monday is well, that's the way, you know, we think about it. Monday, Monday, can't trust that day. Rainy days and Mondays always get me down. I went through some of the titles of old familiar songs, and they all talk about how bad Monday is. And I challenge you, the listeners, you know, if you know of songs that are put Monday in a positive light, let me know. Well, I had a whole bunch of you do that. I want to share just a couple of them here. Ryan Mudd said there are songs, It's a Great Day to be Alive by Travis Tritt. Feels like, just like it should be. By uh, Pat Green, Roxanne uh, Bojic said in a uh, note, she said, after listening to your songs about Monday, I'd like to reply to your challenge for finding positive songs about Mondays. I know you're a YouTube fan, and their song, Beautiful Day. Uh, for all we know, Bono could be talking or singing about Monday. To me, any day is a beautiful day. Well, I'm very familiar with that song. It's a beautiful day. Wow. The heart as a bloom, shoots up through the stony ground. There's no room, no space to rent your time. It goes on. Then it's a beautiful day. Sky falls. You feel like it's a beautiful day. Don't let it get away. I love that song. That song, if you call my telephone, guess what rings? That's my ringtone. It's a beautiful day. I love that. I love to decide that. Every morning before I get up, it's a beautiful day. All well, that goes on. You know, that was, as most of the songs that you 2 did, that was written by all the members of the band. They write pretty much everything that they've ever sung. And their, their songs, I mean, their, their songs are so telling. They, they tell about what's going on with them, what's important to them, what they care about. So they've been involved in a whole lot of actions around the world, as you probably know, if you're paying attention at all. And their songs are reflecting that as well. Well, that song came out in October of 2000 as the first single from U2's 10th album, titled, All That You Can't Leave Behind. And that was an album that sold more than 12 million copies around the globe. I I just read, you've probably heard me mention, I just read uh, Bono's new book, Surrender. Absolutely astounding book in so many levels. Well, hey, a couple others here on, um, Renee says, I always look forward to hearing your podcast. I want to answer the challenge you posted about finding a positive song about Monday. Here it is, Monday by Imagine Dragons. When you're down in your luck, I take the reins, baby, turn it up. When you're faced to the floor, I turn the dial, turn it up more. I'm there for you. You are my Monday. You're the best day of the week. So underrated and a brand new start. Don't care what all the kids say. You've got the key to my heart. Well, I'm not real, I'm not familiar with that song. I'll often look it up and check it out. But again, thanks to all of you who did send in. There are certainly songs out there who talk about Monday in a positive light. We're grateful for that. And I'm going to just, uh, I'm going to assume that, uh, Bono was singing about Monday when he says it's a beautiful day. Certainly fitting for sure. Now, there's a whole lot of things happening in the workplace. Uh, Not that you haven't heard. Everybody's talking about it. Microsoft CEO just confirmed in a memo that the company, this is Microsoft, they're going to reduce its workforce by 10,000 people. 10,000 people. On Monday, just this last Monday, Spotify became the latest tech giant to shrink its staff announcing it would cut 600 workers uh, spotify's stock jumped five percent after that layoff announcement monday now you, you may wonder you know, why is that true well investors always assume that companies have a glut of labor they have they're spending too much on people you, know, you get rid of the people the profits go up you know it's crazy to think about that. And a lot of investors don't really understand what's going on at a company, but that typically happens. So they announced they're going to be cutting 600 workers and their stock jumped 5%. Alphabet announced on just last Friday that they're going to cut 12,000 jobs. Um, there's a whole bunch of people laying off there. There's so many people that are laying off. Now think about what has happened just in the last two years. We had the Great Resignation where 41 million people you know, quit their jobs in 2021. The Great Resignation led to the Great Regret where a whole lot of people, we were told that almost 70% of those people who left their jobs wish they hadn't. They're trying to get back to similar positions, uh, discovering in essence the grass is not always greener on the other side of the fence. And then we, we went from the Great Resignation the Great Regret to the Great Firing, which meant that companies are making it miserable enough for people that they hope they leave. That's what firing, quiet firing is. So you just don't give somebody enough hours, or you make them do really crappy jobs and uh, expect them to do things that you did, they were not hired for. Quiet firing. Then there's quiet hiring. Quiet hiring is a real popular term just in the last couple of months. That means companies in a scramble to keep people because they need to keep people. And it's a lot more effective to keep somebody than to go through the process of having to hire somebody new and get them trained and up to speed. But that quiet hiring is to figure out maybe this person is just in the wrong position. I'm working with a gentleman right now who's a division manager. He had two people who were sent to him and he was told these are people we're going to get rid of. Just, you know, give them something to do until we figure out a way to get rid of them. One of those has now been promoted four times and is leading a department of his own. The other one is doing very well, getting good performance reviews as well, because both of them, he just figured out where can they contribute best? And they moved them laterally in the organization, kept them. That's quiet hiring. So here's kind of the overview. I mean, as laid off workers, there's a whole lot of tech, tech workers that are being laid off. There's a lot of people that are thinking, well, since a whole lot of them are being laid off, the ones who are here, they're going to be sticking with their current companies. I mean, that the great resignation where tech workers jump from one high paying job to another has turned into the great recommitment. So we have yet another positioning out there where people will say, oh it's not that easy just to go down the street and get another job after all. I better stay here, make this work. Well I had an interview this week with Joey Fawcett, Dr. Joey Fawcett he's a corporate consultant and he's author of his book is titled Work Positive in a Negative World and I had the pleasure of doing a forward to that book. He says what you need to do is repot yourself. Now, he likes that metaphor because in his office, and as we were doing the interview, I could see he's got a lot of philodendron. So he's got plants all over his office, and he takes little clips, and then he puts them somewhere else, or he takes one out of a pot, puts it in a bigger one. He said, that's kind of what's what's happening. Workers need to repot themselves. So if you're thinking about maybe moving on, maybe you just need to repot yourself where you are. Well, here's another stat on this, and then I'll move on to some questions here monster.com. This just came out and Forbes confirmed this as well. I was blown away by this stat. They said just this last week, you know, here in the middle of January, they said 96% of people say they're looking for a new job in 2023. 96%. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, we've always been in the seventies and eighties, but 96% said that people are looking for higher compensation primarily. Well, that may be um, a futile search with these companies laying off now. It may be a little harder to just demand higher and higher compensation. 40% of those job seekers said they need a higher income due to inflation and the accompanying rise in cost. 66% of them said they believe it will be challenging to find a new job. Well, things are moving. I don't know what your situation is. I'm sure you're taking, you're making your own evaluation of where you are. Do you want to stay? Do you want to do something different? Do you want to move to another company? Do you want to, I'm working with a gentleman right now and it's very much on the line as to whether or not he's going to look for another job or position himself as a consultant and be behind the scenes. Now, he's not an aggressive go-getter, entrepreneur, in-your-face kind of guy, But he's very, very competent in what he does. And because he is competent, he's been moved out of what he does well into an area of management that he doesn't enjoy. He's thinking, I can go back to what I really enjoy, that being software development. And if I'm on my own, I can get a much higher rate than I would get as an employee so I can replicate the income I've gotten spoiled by now and still be doing the work that I really enjoy. Well, we know January is historically one of the best times to engage in a job hunt. I mean, it's the beginning of a year. A lot of people are thinking about change, not only individuals, but companies as well. We need to kind of regroup, figure out where we're going here. It's like flipping a page in a calendar. And mentally, emotionally, it, it feels like a fresh start. You know, I talk about uh, new beginnings are always hopeful. And so this can go right along with your New Year's resolutions to lose weight and go to the gym. Getting a new job is one of the most common resolutions there is out there. Hey, I got a note from from Nathan, listener, podcast listener, who left his job 19 months ago. So he sent me a note. He says, Dan, I'm 19 months into, into my business. Here's my progress report. So he told me, he showed me the figures that he's generating in those 19 months. Trust me, he's doing okay. He says negotiating the sales uncertainty has been tough, but having access to unlimited upside potential is intoxicating. I love that line. Having access to unlimited upside potential is intoxicating. I love being in the driver's seat with decisions and being able to fit the role to my passions and skills. I can't see myself going back to corporate. Thanks again for being an inspiration partner. Now, again, you know, trust me, it it may sound at times like I want everybody to quit their jobs. Not at all. I just want you to recognize the broad spectrum of opportunities that are out there and then be able to choose. Choose which one does fit you. But as it's not unusual, here's somebody that says the upside potential being on his own is intoxicating. Yeah, you better believe it. It is. It's one of those things. It's hard to go back. You know, it's like after my wife, Joanne, has heated seats in a car, geez, you never wants to go back again. <laughs> it's, it's just, you've seen too much. And that's typically the case when somebody does something on their own. All right, let, let's go to some questions here. Renee says, I got my second degree at 43 years old. I graduated with a BSN. Um, so that's a bachelor's of science in nursing. I've been working as a dialysis RN for over five years now, and I feel so burned out. I have to wake up at 4 a.m. to be at work by 5.45 a.m., and my day doesn't end till 9.30 to 10 o'clock p.m. Although I get the next day off, I'm so exhausted that I don't have the energy to even exercise on a regular basis. Worst of all, my job is sucking all the creativity out that I used to have. Between my two degrees, I've invested $60,000 in my education. My dream job is to be a fashion designer, a shoe designer, a textile designer, but I feel I've invested too much in my education to pivot. What would you do? I'm a single woman, widowed, so I'm on my own. I would be so excited if I hear from you. Also, I love it when you have Joanne on. She has so much wisdom to share. Thanks for doing the podcast. Well, Renee, I need to to keep hearing that. You know, Joanne's busy. She has... In the, on the time when I am doing this, she's involved in an art class. So the time kind of can flex. I could change my time. I'm sure I could do that. Um, she's, she's busier than I am. It's hard to pin her down to get her to come in here in my studio and record with me. But I need to look at doing that periodically here in 2023. So thanks for, thanks for your question. Okay. Incidentally, Renee's from King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. Now, I always wondered, how in the world does that name fit a town in Pennsylvania? It just seems so out of character. King of Prussia. Uh, I, I looked it up real quick. The community took its unusual name in the 18th century from a local tavern named the King of Prussia Inn, which was named after King Frederick the Great of Prussia. So probably somebody came over from there and started a tavern named it that and they ended up naming the town there but in pennsylvania i mean i know pennsylvania they have towns like big beaver and confluence and driftwood and intercourse and bird in hand and pringle lancaster a lot of amish towns in there and then they have king of prussia well anyway a delightful delightful name interesting uh, kind of fun to write that on an envelope i guess i'm from king of prussia so back to renee's question Got her second degree, 43 years old, has a BSN, working as an RN in dialysis, burned out, exhausted, wants to be a fashion designer. What you're referring to, Renee, is what we call sunk cost. So money you spent on something, so now you feel like you need to continue justifying the money that you spent there. So let, let's say that I bought a car for $5,000. Then the transmission goes out, So I need to spend $2,500 for that repair. And just about the time I get that car back, then I find out it needs a new power steering pump and the computer monitor is flashing. Now, if I'm not careful, I can put $7,500 worth of repairs in that $5,000 car. I probably would have been better off finding a decent $7,500 car, but the sunk cost make me keep thinking I've already invested this money. I have to just keep putting money in now. I mean, people do that in houses a lot where they just keep putting money in when at some point it probably be better to bulldoze it and start over again. Um, well, here's, here's another example. I'm looking out on our backyard here. The recent hurricane here destroyed some screens in our pool cage. So, you know, we have a cage that goes over our pool to keep bugs, mosquitoes, all those sand fleas and things out of there to make it pleasant for us to be in there. And a hurricane blew some of those out. So now I'm getting estimates to replace the entire cage. I mean, it's old. It really needs to be done. But they're telling me it's going to be 12 to 14 months before they can do the job. But you know what? I'm going to go ahead and replace the screens that are missing. We don't want to go an entire year without being able to enjoy our pool area. But that is a sunk cost. How am I going to feel? when a year from now, then they come to replace it. And I got screens in there that would last another five years without any problem. That's a sunk cost. I could feel obligated to just wait for five years after having just put in those new screens. Now, what, what I would suggest you do, what I would do is not look at what you've invested in your academic degrees in the past, but to look at what do you wanna be doing three years from now? Do you still want to be an exhausted nurse or do you want to be thriving as a fashion designer? I worked with a young lady years ago in Nashville. She was a nurse, just like you. She was a nurse. She came to me and I'm like, why are you so frustrated? She said, I didn't want to be a nurse. I wanted to be a fashion designer. But my parents told me, don't do that. That's real unstable. You need to be a nurse and you'll never be without a job. Well, guess what? She was never without a job that she hated. She hated everything about it. And I said, what do you want to be doing three years from now? Don't continue just because you have that academic training. Start moving toward what you want to be doing in the future. Well, she started doing gift baskets. She was really, really just talented creating beautiful gift baskets. And she very quickly discovered instead of just doing one at a time, it really gave her a big bump financially to do multiples of the same thing. So she got a contract right out of the gate with the CMA, Country Music Association, to do 133 gift baskets that were just the same. Right after that, there was a Taco Bell Managers Convention in Nashville, there were 4,300 Taco Bell managers and she made baskets for every one of them. And I told her, you know what? You're, you're, you're working a lot of hours. You're, you're doing great. But your knowledge about how to get these commercial accounts and leverage your gift basket making is worth more than you doing it yourself. She did a couple of real simple elementary kind of videos to talk through how she was getting these big major accounts, that opened the doors for her to speak at gift-basking conferences, which I didn't even know there were such a thing, but there are, and to be a consultant in that area. And her income exponentially exploded, not from just doing the gift baskets, but from sharing her knowledge. Now, so the question then is in this, Renee, the question is, If we were meeting three years from today, what would have to have happened, both personally and professionally, for you to be happy with your situation? Make your decisions based on that. I mean, I've worked with a lot of dentists, attorneys, doctors, pastors, accountants, engineers, and more, who have decided at some point in their life, often at 45 or 50 years old, you know what, I'm living somebody else's dream. Yeah, I invested all those years and money in my academic background, but I don't want to continue this. Why wouldn't I change? Now, what happens and what will happen with you as well, it doesn't mean that it negates the value of you having gotten your nursing degree. You're always going to be trained as a nurse. That's going to be invaluable for you moving forward. But it doesn't mean you have to work, you know, as a dialysis nurse nurse and work, you know, 18 hours a day and be exhausted. No. Be a fashion designer who has a heart for nursing, who understands that part of a person as well. That'll give you unique opportunities. Look at where you can blend those, where you can build on what you've done to make you a distinct and very desirable fashion designer. All right, a couple more here. Robert says, how can I overcome my insecurity that my technical chops may not be as good as competitors in the same space? To offer some background, I quit my job as an analyst in pharmaceuticals late last year after seven years, and I'm aiming to pivot to an automation consulting service for businesses. Automating and streamlining quality control processes was one of the few aspects of the job I really enjoyed, and I think this is something that many businesses would find useful. I have skills and experience in several complementary platforms, programming languages, but I would consider myself pretty good, but not great at all of them. You know, like maybe a 7 out of 10 instead of a 10 out of 10. I know the obvious answer is just to get better and practice more, but I would prefer not to waste weeks or months on extra courses and projects and not being making money in the meantime, hence the above questions. Any insight you can offer would be appreciated. Well, guess what? There are always going to be people who are better than you in your area of expertise. And guess what? It doesn't matter. I mean, am I the best writer in the area of career and business? I mean, I would never go there. Incidentally, you know, I have that dubious title of being a best-selling author, which everybody claims to be as soon as they put a book up on Kindle. Last night, they're a best-selling author. But anyway, there are still some criteria for being a New York Times best-selling author, which I am. But think what that is. There's nothing in that that says best writing, you know, best thinker, best strategy planner. No, it's best selling. My my skills are in selling. I don't have to be the best writer. Is Billy Ray Cyrus an amazing singer? I don't think people would line up to claim so. Was Steve Jobs the brightest technology guy the world has ever known? Not by his own admission. See, there's a lot of factors that go into starting and running a successful business. So if you want to have a consulting business, I mean, your talent is probably 15% of the process. Your ability to position yourself, to help companies identify their problem, your savviness in marketing yourself well, your finesse at handling money and controlling expenses. I mean, I could go on and on about what it takes to be successful. You have to, yes, you have to be good at what you do, but you only have to be a little better than the people you're helping. I think back when I was teaching the Sunday school class that ultimately became 48 Days to the Work You Love content. I was just showing up every week, create content during the week for the people that would be there to kind of walk through this process of dealing with these inevitable, relentless transitions that we all have. That's what I was doing. I didn't have background in that. I didn't have background in career building or business strategy. I just stayed a week ahead of these sweet people that were coming to the Sunday school class and in doing so created content and then went on and of course figured out how to to sell that, make it available for more people and that's worked pretty well. There's a young guy who is in technology, Robert, much like you describe here, and he was working for a company and decided, you know, he's really not doing much to change the world. He wanted to do something where he was more in the driver's seat and more able to focus on just the one thing that he did pretty well. He created a company. They enabled seamless integration of systems to automate manual data exchange processes says the company's integration automation platform facilitated development and deployment of API integrations, allowing clients to automate data flows across systems such as HR and financial applications. All right. You probably understand that more than I do because I just looked up the company, but here's the deal. Oh, he was just a tech guy, quiet guy behind the scenes, but he built that company in January of last year, January of 2022. He sold that business for $50 million. Now, would he say he's the brightest brain that ever was placed in the universe? Not a chance. But he built a company. So here's my advice. Don't go back to school. Don't go to more conferences. Don't invest in new technology until you build a business plan. I mean, start with that. to See if you can construct a business plan in such a way that you could actually have a successful business well i hope that hope that helps great question wendy responded let me hear your dream apparently she's respond, responding to something we put out there let me hear your dream i'm sure that i use that phrase a lot because i love to do that i love to hear your dreams she says okay Even before COVID-19, there were serious questions about the claimed safety of vaccines, especially those produced after the SHIELD legislation passed in the 1980s. With all the reactions to the COVID jabs, the need for vaccine injury treatment is even greater, but the mainstream reaction to this is still that it's rare and all in the patient's head. I'd like to build a hospital specializing in vaccine injury. It would provide hope and compassion to victims of vaccine injury who get gaslighted everywhere and stand up as an unignorable counterpoint to those trying to whitewash the damage. Problem is, I'm not sure if even winning one of those $1 billion lotteries we've had recently would be enough to build and run a 100-bed state-of-the-art hospital. And right now, I'm financially dependent on my family. Okay, now for, for you, Wendy, and for those of you listening, you know, don't, don't get hung up in the details of what Wendy's dream is. Just stick with me here. So, yes, Wendy, it doesn't sound like you're in a position to start a 100-bed hospital, but that doesn't mean you can't do anything to act in your dream. Start writing, post online about your knowledge. Join some online forums or communities that fit your philosophy. I mean get, Prepare a 25-minute presentation supporting your ideas. Become known as an expert in what you're proposing. I mean, you can take that presentation and ideas about what you know, and you can get opportunity to speak at civic clubs. No end to what you could do there. Write a book and get it out there. That will prompt speaking engagements, offers of support, connection to people with resources, and you can see the dream you describe here become a reality. I mean, lots of other people before you have done similar things. Now, here's what I really want you to remember, and here's a quotation from Hen Hakuda, who says, Lack of money is no obstacle. Lack of an idea is an obstacle. Good ideas always attract money. I mean, think about the things that are put up on Kickstarter or the ideas that are brought into Shark Tank. I mean, I love watching those. People with an idea, you better believe it attracts money. I saw Mark Cuban the other night offer $30 million to a young guy for his company, and he said no, incidentally, which is interesting. But good ideas attract money. If you really formulate what you think is a good idea, money is going to be plentiful. It really is. Well, let let me just do a summary here. We're going to wrap up. So here's a summary. I think there's some points here that you can kind of muse on, stew on these with you for a couple of days here. So number one, make decisions based on where you want to be three years from now, not on where you were three years ago. All right. Number two, you don't have to be the best at what you do, but to be successful, you have to be a person who can make things happen. And number three, lack of money is no obstacle. Lack of an idea is an obstacle. All right, there you go. Well, Hey, I love getting these questions. You know, I didn't even tell you in here how to do get the questions in, You can shoot a question in. Just go to 48days.com slash ask Dan. That'll take you to a page where you can either write out your question or leave an audio if you want. I got some audios lined up here. Maybe share those next week. Just go there. 48days.com slash ask Dan. So I trust you are enjoying the first part of the year here. It is a fresh start. It's time for all of us to identify what we want to do better where we want to be where do you want to be three years from now you can be making deposits in that that life right now today starting today you can do that hey thanks for listening thanks for sending in those questions thanks for being open to growing being a powerful force for making the world a better place and share this episode with three of your friends People who are also committed to personal growth. There may be somebody who's in high school, maybe a homeschooling kid, maybe somebody in college, like Scott Beebe's son, sophomore in college. Hey, that's a great time to be figuring things out. It may be the 48-year-old, like a nurse here, who is saying, I'm not sure I want to continue doing this. Nobody's trapped. Nobody is trapped. We all have options all around us. Pass that on. Become known for your positivity, for offering hope and encouragement to others. And I've got a lot of people ordering books right now, multiple copies of books to give out to other people. Had a gentleman the other day ordered ten copies of my new book, "An Understanding Heart." Gave one to his son-in-law, and uh, the son-in-law sent him a picture that they are using this as their daily devotional. Family, husband, wife, three little girls. Well, people will thank you for encouraging them hey be that person stay committed to your belief that we can without a shadow of a doubt find or create not only work but a life that is meaningful purposeful and profitable 25% off all clothing at FNF until Sunday 28th of January with your Tesco Club Card or app that's 25% off cosy jumpers leggings and knits perfect for a nice long walk or better yet a nice short one FNF Fashion at Tesco subject to availability available in the majority of larger stores at Neurofen, we know that healthy kids are happy kids But if fever gets in the way, remember that Nurofen for children lasts for up to eight hours, so kids can keep doing the fun and games, while we'll do the long-lasting fever relief. Nurofen. Leave the pain to us. Nurofen for Children Strawberry 100mg 5ml Oral Suspension contains ibuprofen for the reduction of fever and relief of mild to moderate pain. Suitable for children from three months and weighing over five kilograms. Always read the label.